part of the work ethic is just learning how, what does it take for my boss to want me to be on his team? Right. While I learn the skill of sales or while I learn the becoming a better teacher or whatever role I'm in. Right. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. All right, all right. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Grace, good to see you. Good to see you, too. Producer Chris, good to see you. Hey, it's great to be seen. Producer Chris has a mic now and headsets. There was one episode where he didn't, and it was very sad. Yeah, it was a little bit sad. But now he's back. When you say good to be seen, it reminds me of years ago in the church lobby, I walked up to an elderly gentleman, and I said, hey, it's good to see you. And he says... Well, at my age, it's better to be seen than viewed. Oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> and oh to my which gosh. I replied, I think that's true at any age. Yeah. <laughs> at any age, it's better to be seen than viewed. Let me come um, in late with this. Yeah? Oh, yeah, well, how's that working? I got to Yeah, <laughs> see there, producer Chris? That's what you get. What is it? That, oh, oh it was a shot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever want to question you, producer Chris, but my microphone sounds a little muffled to me oh. does it sound great. okay to everybody else it sounds yeah. good to me really yeah. okay well I, I stand corrected i sit i sit correct that's how you're yeah. hearing your own voice yeah it's weird. It, just, it just feels surfer's ear Swimmer's Swimmer's ear. ear. okay well hey everybody welcome back to another episode of our on purpose parent podcast as always kurt johnston grace yoon producer chris Woo-hoo. and you our parents who so faithfully tune in and give us the opportunity to encourage you just a little bit. That's our hope. Mm -hmm. Our hope is that you would listen to one of these episodes of these podcasts, be encouraged, have some things to think about, maybe sharpen your parenting saw Mm -hmm. a little bit. um, And hopefully that you would then in turn share it with a friend or two who are on a similar journey. Um, We're not professionals in the field. Mm -hmm. We, none of us have degrees in parenting or therapy or marriage and family counseling. We're not child psychologists, none of that stuff. Um, We are parents. Grace is a parent of two elementary age girls. I'm the parent of two adult children, Mm -hmm. one of whom has grandchildren. Well, she doesn't have grandchildren. She has children, which may have grandchildren. (laughs) Um, I hope I live long enough. To say that my daughter has grandchildren, that would be fantastic. Um, And then Chris also, producer Chris, is in a very similar stage as myself and Rachel. So we are thrilled to be here. We are doing what we often do after we have a series, which we just did a nine-week or a nine-episode series on the ages and stages and the roles of goals of parenting. It really kind of dug into the on-purpose parent strategy a little bit. that was great. um, In our efforts to raise interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. And what we're doing today is we have a little tradition of after a series, we like to just do a Q&A where we dig into the mailbag and pull out some questions that you, the listeners, have submitted via parents at saddleback.com. Mm-hmm. You can also ask us a question right there in the comments in YouTube mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. Um, Chris has surveyed our church parents and he's got all kinds of stuff from them. So the well is deep. And we've got lots of questions, and today we're going to jump into three of them. Yeah, and looking see, forward. See where we go. Grace, do you want to add any, anything? No, I before always, we... I always love these episodes because um, we we've said before too. It's not just about us being in a room chatting with each other. It's about building a community uh, with parents that are out there who are listening, who are going through their 
own struggles and joys and we want to just be a community together and mm -hmm. be part of each other's lives yeah. in this virtual way strange right. podcast way but um to make a connection with right. each other with the technology that yeah. we have well and the virtual relationships it's way more of a reality today it than it is. was a few years ago yeah absolutely. you know one one benefit if you can say that to the pandemic um, is we kind of were forced into being yeah. more comfortable having some community online right. and existing in maybe some spaces that before that we didn't have to. Right. So that's yeah. our hope is that this becomes just maybe another little community of like-minded parents exactly. trying to figure this thing out. Right. So producer Chris, why don't you jump kick in with off. our kicks off with the first question? Yeah. First one is how do I talk to my child about difficult or sensitive topics? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go first? <laughs> well, I'll go first because on this particular question, I don't have anything super duper profound, and you typically do. Uh, so wow, it's always it's up. always better to it's always better to go first. I'm going to set the than, next question up like well, that. The, so here here's here's what I'd say about talking to your kids about difficult and sensitive topics. One is I would say that just, just deciding to talk about it mm -hmm. is a win. So many parents avoid the tough conversations. Right. Yep. So if you're a parent who has decided, and this parent has decided, I want to talk yeah. about the tough stuff. I'm just not sure how to go there. What I would say is congratulations. The battle's halfway won. Yes. Just by being willing to have the conversation, you're halfway home. That's so true. Um, and then I would say what brings you the other half, or maybe it brings you halfway it, so 75%? Yeah, thank you. Half of the next half, 75%. Thank you, Grace. Um, math was not my forte. Um, sports were, so rounding third. Okay, what helps yes, you, there third, you go. Third base is 75% of yeah, the four. Third yeah, base yeah. gets you to third. Is, um, it, well, I have to say that because I got to leave some progress I know, for you. I, I'll get the 25%. Yeah, you get the 25%. <laughs> but what gets you around third base is I think parents need to embrace the awkward. Mm. Like when you're have when you're gonna have a tough, awkward, uncomfortable conversation, sometimes I think we as parents want to put our game face on, mm. make sure that we're unflappable for the seriousness, right. or I need to instill confidence or whatever it might be. I actually think when it's a tough, awkward conversation, it's okay, mom and dad, to admit to your kids, hey, I'm kind of nervous about talking right, about this. Right. Hey, I, I'm I'm not sure where this conversation is going to go. Um, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but we do need to talk about this. Um, that will set your kids at ease. Yeah. If mom's a little bit uncomfortable, then it's okay that I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Right. If mom admits that that this is not something that's easy to talk about but necessary, then I think that puts them at ease, and it also sends a message that even when we're uncomfortable about talking about things, we still need to do it. Mm. Because sometimes our kids might think, well, my mom or dad are never uncomfortable talking. They're always, <laughs> they're always super confident. Mm. That's why they bring it up all the time, right? So if we could admit that, nah, this is awkward for us too. This makes us a little bit nervous. What that reinforces is, hey, even when you don't have it all together, even when you're not sure, even when it's a tough conversation, it's still worth having yeah. and it, you still might have to have it even though you don't really want to. Right. And it's, yeah. it shouldn't be just the kids who don't want to have those conversations. It's okay for mom and dad to say, I don't really want to have it either, but here we, but here we are. Yeah. And that helps crack the ice too, because if you don't say that, 
and everyone's awkward. Everyone knows that everyone is awkward, but if no one is saying it's awkward, it like adds to the awkwardness. (laughs) But there is this like, it's counterintuitive, but when you just crack the ice and just say, yeah, this is, this is awkward. Right. Or this is really tough. Yep. Or this is very emotional. Yep. Or this is, you know, you know, I, I get feelings about it, whatever right. those feelings are. It just actually takes away some of the awkwardness right, that you're sure, saying. Sure. Um, so the encouragement I would have with this, first of all, I totally agree with you, Kurt. I think that's like the 50%. What did we say is just even being willing to have a conversation. What, I don't know what percentage we're on now. <laughs> the math is the all first 50% <laughs> oh, is like you. being, is even being willing to have the conversation. Right. Cause so many of um, times we even talk to our friends where we'll say, a common phrase like, oh, my parents never talked to me about that. Or, ooh, we never, we just avoided that subject. Or I knew this was tough, but we just, we never talked about it. It's easier to avoid. Yeah, it is. It really is. Because who wants to talk about hard and difficult or sensitive things? And half of the stuff will pass. Yeah. It'll it'll get resolved. So why do we really need to talk about it? Or just stuff it down and then it explodes later. Exactly. (laughs) But yes, my encouragement here would be, um, to focus on creating an environment of reassurance and safety for your kids mm. when you're having this conversation. So even even before thinking about what am I going to say? Is this the right words? I think if the thinking can be a little bit around what is the environment. And so some tips on that is find a time where you can have a real conversation without distractions. So maybe at the grocery store is not the right time. Or if you're in a car ride, but there's only five minutes left, maybe not the right time. Or if you know someone's going to come and interrupt, um, be be a little intentional about, okay, what is the time that I want to have this conversation with my kids? Another thing you can do is to check your own emotional state before you talk to your kids um, to create, again, that reassuring and safe environment to have that conversation This doesn't mean, of course, like you were saying, Kurt, it doesn't mean you can't have your own feelings and emotions about whatever the topic is, but, and it's good to kind of be open and honest about it, but also you don't want to be in a state where you're going to kind of be so easily triggered and then kind of lose control because then it becomes more about you and what you're going through uh, more than sharing or talking or listening to your kids about that topic. So again, just something to check. Like, am I in a good place right now to have that conversation? You don't have to be perfect. Like you can have your feelings, but um, are you volatile or not? Yeah. Um, And third, I just have a couple, two, two other things is to reassure your child frequently in the conversation that they can be real and that you're there for them. So actually verbally giving your kids permission that, okay, we're going to have a conversation about something really sad or something potentially very scary or something really awkward. You have the right to feel whatever you feel and that's okay. Like actually saying that from the beginning and giving them permission can create this sense of safety. Um, And then if you, you know, to let them know that whatever reaction that they have is acceptable is acceptable and you know you're going to process that with them i think that normalizing that and as parents using our words to normalize our emotions and our reactions does just let the kids feel safe like okay i can i can be you know whatever i am and i actually think and this is something we've talked off camera about a lot is that is something that can contribute to resiliency Mm -hmm. is that okay i felt these 
challenging and hard emotions, but we're able to be honest about them and process them. And the next time your kids might face those feelings without you, they'll know, okay, I've felt this before right. and I can get through this yeah. and it's not going to crush me. Yeah. Okay. And then my last thing about creating that environment of reassurance and safety is to allow silence and stillness. So when we talk about these difficult conversations, it's really easy to be like, okay, let's rush through it. Right. Check, 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 check. Right. And let's avoid it as, you know, or minimize it as long as possible. And, um, and, and make the conversation go fast. But if you've ever facilitated a small group discussion or a conversation where you are encouraging a group to talk, this may be something someone can relate to, but there's always that little pause when you're right. like, all right, does anyone have anything they want right. to share? And if you experience this enough, you know that if you just wait a little bit longer than you feel comfortable, somebody out there who is thinking in their head, okay, I do want to share something, but like, do I, should I share something? Mm. Should I not share something? There is that time period that ticks by. And yeah. then eventually if they just have that space, they'll say, actually I do, right. I do have something to right. share. But as someone who's facilitating a conversation, you want to give enough time and space yeah. for that opportunity to occur. Right. And I think that's the same with our kids. It's sometimes instead of just barreling through an awkward or difficult conversation, it's okay to just breathe together. Maybe, you know, you're hugging each other, um, allowing some reactions to happen, maybe just sitting in silence, not rushing through it and just mm -hmm. being together and say, and then allowing a converse or a reaction or a conversation to happen organically yeah. after that. Well, I love that. And for that to happen, we have to, as parents, we have to be willing to allow our kids to have a say in the conversation. Right. Sometimes, and oftentimes it's the, the, the more awkward, the more difficult, or maybe the tougher mm -hmm. um, the topic is, the more we enter lecture mode mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm going to instruct you mode. We need to have a tough talk and I'm going to do all the talking mm -hmm. and you're going to listen and my wisdom is going to be imparted to you and then we'll move on, right? But so if, we, if we want our kids to really in, interact and embrace and in most cases learn more mm -hmm. and be more open in the conversation, it has to be a, 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 a conversation, right. a, a, a two-way street. Um, but for that to happen, Grace, you're right, you, we have to be comfortable in the silence yes and ask open-ended questions ask them hey how are you feeling about this hey right. what hey what, you know for instance if you're doing it if you're gonna have the uh, first official birds of the bees talk yeah. or whatever <laughs> which by the way you should probably have little talks mm -hmm. from the time they're five years old you should be having little conversations so that there isn't like some big like surprise surprise <laughs> when they're 11 <laughs> hey you've never heard of this concept but i'd like to no joke when yeah, i no, when i was so 14 true. years old my friend has this exact same story he's my age basically he has the same story it's just the generations i think he was 13 and after okay. me when i was 14 but our dads gave us a book called almost 12 really but i was 14 oh. <laughs> and we had yeah. we hadn't talked about it <laughs> you might want to read this and tosses this right. book at me you know um and did you read it Oh, of course, you know, yeah. <laughs> because it was hilarious at that point. It was, yeah. you know, it was hilarious. But um, sometimes, depending on what the topic is, yeah. sometimes you can de 
awkward it. Mm-hmm. You can you can lessen the awkwardness. You can lessen the toughness by planting little seeds right. ongoing so that there's never like the talk about whatever it might be, not yeah. just the birds and the bees, but there's all kinds of things that fall in a similar category. Right, yeah. The talk about drugs and the talks of the talk about respecting your, your teachers at school and all that kind of stuff. Right. Hopefully you don't have to have too many of those like, Hey, we're going to sit down and have this talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but parents, man, oh man, um, you will have lots of conversations, right. lots of tough ones. And most of the time, there the because there's only two or three biggies that you kind of as a parent plan for right. or but most of the time they're kind of real time yeah, life life is happening or a tragedy a or, or an yep, illness yep or yeah. something at school that that yeah. happened to them something they're navigating mm. um cuz you you can't you can't scenario plan for every single yeah. scenario um but if you can if you can kind of just embrace it admit that it's awkward yeah. Be comfortable with the silence. Let them let them share their thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're you're yeah. three quarters of halfway <laughs> around third. Wait, base. we didn't get to hundred yeah, percent. No, you're, you're, no but we're you're at ninety nine. You're three quarters of halfway <laughs> around third base. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, producer All right. Chris. You know, you guys. I love how you guys brought up conversation, and you probably Grace probably said it like ten times, and then Kurt, and you said it a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah but it, but that's what it is. But even how the question is phrased, how do I talk to? my child how do right. i talk to them and it's like no you you, you want to have a conversation with them right and i loved how you, you know kurt you were saying have, you, you have this ongoing conversation with them throughout their life start right. when they're young and let that happen and and grace you brought up uh the right time the right place and the right way you want to do it right mm-hmm. timing is so important yeah. and you What's what's good for you that you're not angry and frustrated and upset, but also what what's good for your child? I mean, is it a good time for them? Are they stressed about something? And should should you unload this on them right. now? Should you mm. move into that conversation? And also, food is always good, right? <laughs> Brings sure. our blood sugar up. Yeah. We're feeling good, and now we can have a conversation. Yeah. So don't don't do it on a hungry on stomach. stomach. That's a good. That's a, uh, yeah. now we're at a hundred percent. That was yeah. the one there missing was percentage. Food. <laughs> okay, that's Chris. Good. All right. Great. So, that was a great question, whoever said yeah, that thank was. You. So our, our second question, how can I help my child develop a strong work ethic? Oh, that's a, wow. I don't know if I've ever had that question. What do you mean? Like you've never like, thought like, about no, it or well, you've I've, never been asked that? I don't think I've ever been asked that. I've worked with teenagers for 33 really? years and I'm much, I mean, I've had parents say, my kid's lazy. My kid doesn't yeah. like to do their chores, but like, how do I really help them develop a strong work ethic? Hmm is super important. And I'm just not sure I've ever had a parent really ask that. Oh, well, do you have thoughts on it? Well, you, you <laughs> said, any you, profound you, said you were, you were going to go first. Oh, I did? Oh, yeah. yeah, I did say that. So there you go. <laughs> well, I'll go first. I'll do the 25% and then Kurt will okay. do the okay. profound 75. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, I appreciate this question a lot because, you know, with our kids, part of what you want to do as a parent is to help them be, interdependent, but also independent adults Mm -hmm. that are able to withstand all the different things that come to them in life. And I think as parents, sometimes we get confused. How do we achieve that goal? Because Mm. when you're a parent of younger kids, you want to just do everything for them, or you might not want to, but you fall into that tendency. Um, But then you struggle like, well, when do they 
kind of can be independent on their own. So I think that whole topic and talking about that with other parents is really good. Um, my thoughts on this is going to be more from the angle of how to help kids be persistent at reaching their goal. I think work ethic could be applied to so many different types of situations, okay. yep. right? Like it could be my kid is lazy or school right. or things like that, but I, or they I, quit. They're too easy to quit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think this is, how do we help our kids when they have a goal, something that they want, have a work ethic that helps them achieve that goal and live gotcha. the fullness of the life that they have. And one thing that has really resonated with me personally, and I'm trying to instill that with my kids is reiterating to them constantly over and over, whenever I can sprinkling that in that hard work is not, bad mm. because I do think there is this natural bias human nature that we have as humans that if we are smart and competent and capable the things that we want to do should come easy to us mm. and if not <clears throat> if they're difficult and we're struggling with it then there's something wrong with us. That's like that whole we don't like to fail because failure is, you know, uncomfortable and it makes us feel bad. We feel ashamed. I remember the first time Karis wanted to ride her bike without training wheels. She was so confident because she could ride her bike so well with the training wheels that she was like, oh, I got this take them off. And we're like, Oh, she's so confident. We, we were convinced actually. We're like, right. I think she's, I think she's got this. So like Sam takes off the training wheels. And we, uh, when we lived in Torrance, we used to walk a mile to Brewster's and get ice cream. So we're like, let's bike ride to Brewster's and get ice cream and have her, fun. Her first time without her training first, wheels. Yeah. I mean, I'm no I mean, parenting <laughs> expert, but yeah, I mean, dangerous. I'm telling you, she seems so confident. We're like, are you sure? Do you, you don't want to bring the scooter? She's like, no, no, I know. I know how to do this. I got this. I got this. So we're like, okay. So we start on this like large sidewalk to Brewster's and it's, of course, it's a disaster. I mean, she can't, she can't get a single rotation in because she gets up and she leans over right. all the other way and she's falling and you could just see her confident, proud, like stand tall body language suddenly like shrivel up and get really small. And you could see the tears welling up. But then as parents, we're trying to encourage her, but we're also getting frustrated too. We're like, okay, well do it this way and hold your bike this way. And it's not working because no one learns how to ride the bike the first time right. they're trying to do it. But I think for me, what this you know example is, illustrates is at the root, we don't like the struggle. We don't like to feel incompetent. Like we just want to feel good at everything the first time and we want it to be easy. Um, so I think teaching kids that no hard work to get to your goals is actually totally normal. When you see other people who are super successful and you just think kind of in your head, maybe subconsciously, Oh, they're so talented. They're so gifted. Um, they were probably just able to do it naturally. And when I try to do it, I keep messing up. I keep failing. I, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. I'm not cut out for this. I want to encourage my kids. No, that's not true. And so one example of that is my, we've talked about Mr. Beast on this <laughs> podcast before, yeah. but my kids love this YouTube channel, Mr. Beast. And he is, I don't even know how many YouTube subscribers he has, but he's, in the millions, 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 like hundreds of millions, um, the views he gets, it's out of, out of the world. But you see the successful guy and you just think, ah, it just must have just happened right. overnight. But my kids and I watched this 
video that he posted that actually described his journey. He said he was obsessed with YouTube since he was like 11 or 12. And every day, you know, he just focused on YouTube and he researched it and then he launched his first channel and he had like 10 subscribers and then it went to 11 and then it went back to nine. This is like over two years. I mean, he was years where he was like less than a hundred subscribers, but he was researching like what kind of thumbnail gets the most views right. or how frequently should I do? And he comes across so goofy and like natural relaxed that you think, oh, it just, he's lucky or he's talented but behind the scenes, what I tell my kids is, no, like people who are brilliant, if you talk to them, 99% of the time, they are grinding yeah, behind the scenes. The they've put the work in. Yeah. And that is a beautiful, fun, exciting thing about life. And if you have a goal and you have a dream, let's put the work in and encouraging them in that yeah, way. That's good. Holy smokes. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go against the grain a little bit on this one. Um, because the, the, my knee jerk was all the things, all the things that, especially my generation and older, but most parents, even younger parents naturally go to, and that's well, you teach them responsibility and you teach them consequences. If they don't do the chores on time, you, you, a good work ethic is when they learn that they lose privileges, if they don't get their chores on time, right. all the, all the things. And there's truth in all of that. That was my knee jerk. But then real quickly, my mind went kind of contrarian. And I wonder if maybe not the only way, but I wonder if a different way, mm -hmm. a way to help instill a work ethic is at an appropriate age. I don't know what the appropriate age is, maybe upper elementary um, is what if we began as parents to reward what society rewards. Mm. So when they go to the real world, the real world of work. Well, what does the real world reward in an employee? Because that's what you mm. want them. That's the ethic you want them to have, right? Yeah. Um, is and I know as Jesus followers, our ethics are oftentimes at odds with the world's ethics, and our values are at odds with the world's values. But um, there are some sort of universal things that the marketplace and and bosses and companies tend to reward yeah. in, in in their employees and. Um, it, it performance is one of them, right? Um, but there's way more than than that. Um, so I, I just jotted down. Here's here's some things I think. What would it look like if, as parents, we rewarded this kind of stuff? What if we? And I don't even know what it looks like, but what if we rewarded hustle? Because mm -hmm. the the job, my son's first job was Chick Fil A. They rewarded hustle. Like if you if you hustled and you 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 hustled from place to place and you that kind of thing, they. They looked favorably on yes. that. What if we rewarded going the extra mile, yes. right? So, hey, um, we asked them to dust, and we noticed that they dusted, and they also picked up a few extra pieces of laundry that were out, or what? It wasn't it wasn't on their to do list, but you just they, they went the extra mile. Mm -hmm. How? What if we noticed that reward? I'm not re saying reward it financially, but you're you're noticing it. Yes. You're you're affirming the effort. Um, what if we rewarded initiative? when they do something mm -hmm. without being asked, maybe they don't do it as well as they could have, but they did it because they saw a need and they took initiative, right? They, they knew that they have to do their chores. They didn't wait until mom and dad told right, them. They yeah. just took the initiative to do it instead of saying, well, you know, you didn't mow the lawn quite as well as I would have liked. <laughs> what if you said, Hey, good on you for knowing that you needed to mow the lawn this week. And you just did it. I didn't yeah. even, have to, I didn't even have to remind you. 
Like I, I, that's a, the, the, the world, the marketplace rewards initiative in people. What if, what if we rewarded, um, the, the idea of like creativity? Yeah. Right. So when, when a child says, Hey, I think there's a better way to load the dishwasher. Mom and dad, instead of going, no, no, in the Johnson household, this is how we load the dishwasher because we want to make sure we're using all the space and all the, th- right? The dishes facing yeah, this way, yes. like we, dishes. I mean, my wife doesn't let me load the dishwasher because there is a Johnson a way yeah. of loading the dishwasher. Um, but what if they yeah. said, wait, what if we did this with the, what if we put the knives sharp side down instead of sharp side up or whatever it is, right? What if we, what if we lay the dishes flat? That way there's more water hitting the surface, all the things we might know that's not going to work, but reward the creativity. Yes. Cheer it on because when they go out in the marketplace, creativity is rewarded. Mm-hmm. When, when, when an employer comes to their supervisor and says, Hey, I've been thinking about this. I want, Hey, have we, have we ever noticed that there's the customers always say this? What if we, that mm-hmm. they might not always do what you suggest, but they go home thinking, wow, that person's more than just an employee. That person's got some skin in the game. Yeah. Um, so that's where my mind went was, Hey, mom and dad, like w- start celebrating, rewarding, maybe even paying, you know, you, if you give them allowance for chores, give them allowance yeah. Hey, we, we they, they get bonuses in the real world. Yeah, what, yeah. What, if, what if on their allowance you said, hey, this week we're giving you a $2 bonus because you you took so much initiative this week. Right. Like we didn't even have to remind you. I love and that. And it made my life easier as a parent. And when my life's easier as a parent, your life is easier too. Here's two extra bucks in your allowance. But just, yeah. just a way to look at it a little bit differently. That's, that's so good. good. Yeah. That's actually reminds me of something that Sam and I talk about is that we try or try to help each other is try to be intentional about praising the effort behind the outcome. And until someone pointed that out to me, I didn't realize how prevalent or prevalent it is to do that is to say, Oh, Oh, you got a good grade at school. You're so smart. Like the, the praise is some attribute of accomplishment, but what if they get a C next time, then are they like not smart? And then they're not going to want to, share that with your that's going to be embarrassing but but if you praise like you're saying wow like you studied so hard i know this week this is a tough subject for you but you made it a point to try to study you know a little bit every day thank you for doing that and we have that power as parents to foster and encourage that you know with with our kids we we would reward them doing work around you know different chores around the house and, and outside that kind of thing with uh, just encouragement, mm. but it's because we're all a part of the family and everyone pitches in together and that's what the family does. So there wasn't paying for chores. What we pay them to do is read books. Right. So they would read a, read a book oh. that we'd give them and then they would write a, like a one page synopsis of, of what it was. And then we would, you know, encourage them, but we'd also pay them with that. Okay. Kurt, what I really liked what you were talking about was kind of the B overdue idea Mm. so more about character than getting into the competence thing and really reward Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like humility you Mm -hmm. know the the reason you do this is you're not better than anyone else right right? you're and uh selflessness you know when a lot of times selfishness is like i don't want to do it i don't feel like it it's like 
you overcome mm. that. And so you start instilling these right. character traits right. in good. them that really helps. Well, and the, the cold, harsh reality of our world is most of the jobs and careers that our children will choose are results oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 they are performance driven. That's the nature of, of life and, and work. But what I've, what I've learned is think about, you know, your first job or when you're new to a career, most people aren't high performers out of the gate right? because they have to learn the skill. They have to learn the business. They have to have some experience under their belt. Um, so the, 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 the bummer is a lot of people don't last long enough to develop the skills right, to exactly. become, to become performers. You get discouraged. Right? You don't want to fail. Yep. And yeah. one of the reasons they don't last is because they don't have some of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't take initiative. They're not innovative. They right. don't hustle. They don't go the extra mile. If you grew up playing sports, everybody that grew up playing sports knows that coaches always made room on the team for a few people that maybe didn't perform as well as everybody else, but they hustled. Yes. They, they hustled. They had a great attitude and they develop the, the performance will come later. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. But for, for now we're keeping you around because you hustle. Yeah. And part of the work ethic is just learning how, what does it take for my boss to want me to be on his team right? while I learn the skill of sales or while I learn the becoming a better teacher or whatever role I'm in. Right, I'm yeah. working for this law firm. They, they blow through interns. How do I, how do we ensure our son or daughter sticks around that law firm while they're learning how to be a better lawyer or whatever? Right. And Init- those skills, initiative, yeah. hustle, all that kind of stuff is often what, what, buys you the time to learn how to be a performer in your, in your career. Right. And in those things you could even do as a, like you were saying, instilling them in childhood, right? right? So they may not have that job for a decade or so, or, you know, there's teenagers who get jobs too, but you're just learning how to, you know, stay resilient at school yeah. or you're on the sports team, you're trying out something new for the first right. time. And if you're always rejecting new experiences as a kid, because it's hard, yeah. Then and you don't experience the hustle, it, it can be tough. And yeah. I think the last thing I'll say to that is, um, I think it can be incredibly pow- empowering for the kids too when they see the results in little ways as they grow mm-hmm. and as they are encouraged by parents. The results of the hustle, right? The results of taking that extra step. Right. The result of hey, this is hard, but hard is not bad, and I'm going to keep at it. Mm-hmm. And then they see, oh. Now I can ride my bike. Right. I mean, that was a journey we took right. to Karis. Right. She loves riding her bike now. Yeah. And it's and it's like, oh, wait. So if I face something difficult next time, I know this isn't bad. Right. I can lean into this. And it yep. opens up more opportunities for our kids that we want them to have yep. as parents. I love it. I the, the, the little phrase, this is hard, but hard is not bad. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you add, and it gets me where I want to go. Yes. Right? Because yes. your daughter, yeah. your daughter... It was hard, but it's not bad because learning how to ride your bike without training wheels gets you where you want to go. Right. And at the end of the day, I think that's, that's what we want with our children when it comes to their careers and their vocations and all that good kind of stuff. Right. All right. You know, we've been talking about on purpose parent merch. We have. Oh, we have? And so maybe we put that, that on a shirt. This is hard, but hard isn't bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, a con- yeah I, I mean, yeah. Takes you where you <laughs> sure. want to go. <laughs> takes, you, takes you where you want to go. So we've, we've been talking about on-parent 
on purpose parents murder. He just dropped it on right you now. now. This oh, is the right way now. he's asking you. <laughs> don't order more than don't order too many of those t-shirts. What's the minimum order? Like a dozen? <laughs> That's too many. Through Etsy. We, if you one. want this we won't even sell a please dozen. message us. <laughs> <We won't. laughs> All right, Chris. What's the and demand out what's there? What's another one? Grace also uh, uh, Mr. Beast, 150 million followers. Holy wow. That's how many Beast subscribers. Mode. Unbelievable. He's, wow. Yeah, so we'll get Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable. Okay, okay we'll so, there. so we'll here's, a, here's, a, here's a third question from a parent. Uh, how can I balance being a good parent while also taking care of my own needs? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, yes. Okay, we'll, we'll, that, that's, a deep, that's a deep one, but we'll, we'll keep it kind of brief and yeah. short and maybe give just a little bit of hope. Um, here's my, my super brief thoughts is it's not, it's not either or Mm -hmm. do I take care of my own needs or be a good parent? Mm -hmm, It's a, it's mm -hmm. a both. And in fact, I would go so far as to say, if you're not taking care of yourself and your own needs, assuming your needs are incredibly selfish, if they're just normal needs (laughs) that everybody has, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not a good parent. Mm -hmm. It might feel Mm -hmm, like you mm -hmm. are in the moment, but if your world revolves around your child, to the, to the neglect of your own emotional, spiritual, physical health, you're not being a good parent. So you, you, you have to take care of your own needs. Now, what do you do when you're super overwhelmed and that's hard? I'm sure you've got some thoughts on that, Grace. What I would say is my one tip for that is, because there's times where life is just so busy. Yeah, and I, my hunch right. is that's where this parent's coming from is like, I, I know I have to take care of my own needs. How in the heck do I do yeah, it? Yeah, it feels um, impossible. W- one idea would be what I would call is practice the art of stealing moments. Mm. Is you, you, you steal moments throughout the day where you can get a five minute respite. Mm-hmm. You can unplug for 15 minutes. You know, um, it's not as good as a spa day. It's not as good as taking a day away to go surfing or jogging or walking or whatever right. the case may be. But those days are few and far in between when you're a parent. But every day has moments that you can steal and leverage to go, okay, I'm gonna yes, just yep. do I'm just gonna steal this five minutes to 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 read some scripture or to call a friend because every time I talk to this friend, they charge me up. They, 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 they fill yeah. my cup, right? Um, or I'm going to take this five minutes. I'm going to go walk around the office. I wish I could go walking for two hours because I love that around a lake. Right. I can't, but I can do two laps around the office complex. And maybe that, that serves a little bit of a, of a purpose. So I would just practice the art of stealing moments when you can. I like that. Pra- is that another thing that we could put on our merch? Yeah. Steal the moments. Steal the moments. Be- because an that umbrella. is an umbrella. Steal the moments. I, I am a moment thief. Let, let me throw in one Arrest thing me. before Grace, because yeah. I know you'll be able to come in and, and, and fill in the gaps. This is just real quick. She uses the, uh, the word balance. And I don't know why I said she, because <laughs> she or he, the parent. Oh. How can I balance being a good parent? That mm. word like stresses me out. Yeah. Whenever I hear that, I have this image of spinning plates and going from one to the next and trying to keep all this, you know, the plates spinning. And I think the I think the better word is health. That yeah. you want to seek health and not balance right. as much. So well, what balance, does health look yeah, like? Yeah, balance implies that everything is perfectly equal. exactly proportioned yeah. and equal and it, it just never is yeah. right, health, right. health is a you're good walking word. on this tightrope you're carrying all these right. things and you've got to balance 
balance it. Yeah. It's yeah. like so stressful. Um, I appreciate both of those sentiments, especially coming out of that phase where my kids were much more needing hands-on parenting. Um, just as an example, you, your story of steal the moments or your point of that reminded me, I didn't realize that's what I was doing, but that was kind of how I got some sanity in the day was every time after dinner, after we ate and the dishes were being cleared or almost done, I would have what I called mommy time, but it was just in the kitchen because we were there. We were all there. So I wasn't going anywhere, but I would, right. <laughs> it was weird. My Sam took a picture of me one time, but I would just kind of sit on a footstool next to our kitchen counter and it'd open up like three different bags of snacks that were just like not on a plate, <laughs> but like, let's say if it was a bag Costco, we always shop at right. Costco. So it's a Costco bag of yes. Doritos or like a thing of Oreos, just, just like straight from the thing. And I would just have it like in front of me and I would sit on the stool. And of course the, the counter is above high. So I'm like reaching up for the snack, sitting on the <laughs> stool. And then I would scroll like on Instagram or something right. for like 15 minutes. I would just sit there. That would be my, my dessert. <laughs> and my kids would know because they would call me like, mommy, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. I'd be like, nope. Right. This is mommy time. So they yeah. would they would know. I didn't realize I was creating some sort of routine, <laughs> but they would come in. They would see me in that position. Yeah. Be like, oh, it's mommy time. And they would like leave. Right. Yeah, so, funny. yeah, it's so true. It's those moments that you can gleam that don't have to be extravagant, but that just juice you up a little bit, yeah. especially when your kids are younger, yeah. I think can be um, something that carries you at least to maybe the next stage where you have a little bit more time and less burden physically in terms of caring for your kids. And the only thing I'll add to this, again, just staying high level is um, a more mental health type of thing. And I like that word that you use, Chris, it's just the health is, is to ditch the guilt mm. because we're already carrying enough burdens mm -hmm. that I think sometimes the burden is not just the kids or what's going on is it's just us thinking about what we should be doing and what we're not doing or what we want to be doing. And the thoughts in our heads weigh us down more, sometimes even more than just the environment. And if we treat ourselves, we beat ourselves over it, you know? So it's like, right. we, we can't win because in our minds, somehow we're not achieving mm -hmm. either the right balance or that the, you know, not enough self-care because now everyone tells you self-care, self-care. So even that can be something that's guilt inducing, like, oh, am I not taking care of myself enough? And everyone mm -hmm. says I should, whatever it is, our minds could get us so wired up. Mm -hmm. And it's just, if we can find a way to stop those thoughts, like yeah. recognize it and just stop it and say, what I'm doing right now is what I'm doing right now. And that's okay. And then secondly, just to also embrace limits your humanity you can't do everything at once in the world for everybody jesus didn't do that he right. had limits like he wasn't able to heal everybody as a human he took breaks and t spent time alone he said no to things right. i think it's okay to say no and again not feel guilty about it yeah. mm -hmm. um there's that one phrase right like if you say yes to everything or if everything is important, then nothing is important yeah. or something right. around that variety. And I think it's as a parent um, who is struggling with finding that self-care, just reminding you that you can't do everything and it's okay to say no. Look at right. what's on your plate and just start saying no to stuff. It could be yeah. to your kids too. It could be to your husband because it's not just to cut things out, but your no's 
will allow you to say yes to the things you really mm. want to say yes yeah, to. Good. So what is it that you want? Right. And be intentional about that and pursue that, whether it's a little bit of rest and focus on getting what you want, what will bring you peace and then say no to all the other things. Yeah, I I love that. And and that's exactly what I was going to add is you might have to, for a season, choose the one or two things. Yeah. Like what are the one or two things that you've identified really do fill your cup? Really do result in feeling like you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Jesus follower, probably making sure there's time in your in your crazy schedule to spend time at the at the feet of the Father right. um, would be one. And then maybe you pick one other one. You know, I like to golf. I like to surf. I like to do all kind. I like to ride bikes. I like to. I can't very outdoorsy. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't do all of that. Yeah. You know, I couldn't do it all. So you might have to go. Okay, for this season, because the reality is, in the parenting years. There is sacrifice involved. That's right. You, you, yeah. you, you do put your needs and your wants a little bit secondary. It, it, it come, It's what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's non-negotiable because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not a good parent. That's but right. you might have to kind of readjust for a season. What does it really mean to take care of myself and, and how many things? Well, I'm just going to lean into the one. The, yeah. the, the, here's In addition to my spiritual time, what I really enjoy is walking. Then, then that's what you lean into and you walk and you might not be able to do the other 16 things right, that when yeah. you were in college, you did to, to take care of yourself. And then when you're an empty nester someday, then you go back and you go, Oh, I can, I can do all the things, you know? Yeah. Um, so good. One awesome. more, one more question, Chris. Yeah. So how can I teach my child to use technology responsibly and safely with healthy boundaries? Wow. Technology. You know what, Grace, you know what we're going to do with that one, right? I think I do. Yeah. What are we going to do with that one? Well, we are going to do what we um, have done in the past as well as after these Q&A episodes. There's another question that we collectively have felt, you know, this deserves its own podcast episodes. There's so much we can dive into with that. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. So next, next episode, we will spend the whole episode talking about technology and kids. That could be an entire series. There's books, (laughs) there's books about it. There's conferences. Um, There's conferences around it. Um, But we'll tackle it in about a 25 minute conversation yes. in our next episode. So make sure you join us as always, everybody. Thanks a ton. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Please share it with a friend. If you watch it on YouTube, you can hit like, you can subscribe, you can comment. That just helps the podcast grow in its scope yeah. and influence. So we really do appreciate that. And we will talk to you soon. Bye everybody.